Pip, don't have yours on all the time. Yes, Pip, switch it off. Fine. No, no, so, uh, no I need to sound check. Sorry. <laughs> Can you say something, Pip? Well, I mean, I laughed and it moved the thing, so I don't really see what more you want from me. I'd like to do a sound check. Then. <laughs> yeah, the first thing you said was fine. <laughs> but every time you do that, even though you think you're gaining at me, you're giving me material. Yeah, but you delete it. No, I don't. No, it's going to be the end. It's going to be right at the end. When this podcast burns, you burn with it and me. <laughs> he takes everybody it's down. It's like the end of Lord of the Rings when the guy douses his son in fantasy gasoline. I've forgotten what happens. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, the Minus Tirith man. Who? Denethor? Yes. Denith. 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 Denith Shaw. Denith Shaw. It's like Doctor Who all over it again. It is. It is. You know. Denith. What? Yeah, you know the guy in Minus Tirith who's like, I would That's go to die. That's not the end of Lord of the Rings. It's the end of Lord of the Rings is they like put the ring in the thing. It's part and of... Don't they have a little dance or something at the end? And it's then the eagles are like, oh, all right. It's yeah. in the third film. Let's go conveniently all the way back again really fast. Yeah. It's like, part um, of the six hour ending of Lord of the Rings. Are you talking about... Uh, the Hobbit. No. No, you know the no, bit the where the, and, he, about the Hobbit, and he catches Alex? fire himself. I don't, and know, he, he, I don't know. There was some Hobbit There's thing, no but fire there was in the Hobbit. Oh, wait, no, there's a dragon. Isn't there? Yeah, and it, the guy regrets oh. setting his son on fire so much that he catches fire and but then dives off the tower. why did he set fire to his son in the first place? Because he, he, he was driven mad it by It was all a mistake. Oh, him. Yeah, you know. The one in that really dismal town in the middle of nowhere. No, he's in Minas Tirith, the big city in the middle of somewhere. What? Where's Minus Tidville? Uh, is that the tower? I'm going to get I you. I know. It's near Merthyr Tidville. <laughs> it's near Osgiliath. <laughs> Why do I know all Melton this? Melton Mowbray. What's with That me? is really wrong. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't even really about? like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no one will understand any of this. They'll I just be it. like... I'm putting this out before the opening of the pod, oh. and people will understand what I, Chris, meant. The thing is, though, because if you start, like, using names from Lord of the Rings, unless it's like... Argon or whatever his name is, like <laughs> yeah, the, no one's the, gonna the gas die. man. Yeah, the, no, no, the most noble gas. <laughs> <laughs> like if you go up to anybody on the street and say, you know, Denethor, and they, they like, how many people are going to say, yeah? And well, when I'm on the street, I'm usually walking who... to Games Workshop, so probably <laughs> loads. Oh. Games Workshop isn't Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it yeah, is. quite a lot of Lord they, of the Rings They have the rights to the Middle Earth license, so they, it is, yes. It's genuinely what? true. They, they, they have make... loads so of So why do they have, like, what? So are the they Hobbits make... in... Hang on. No, they have a separate game, but they have they do do the Lord of the Rings strategy game. So hang on. How, how do they keep track of what orcs are what going with what? Oh, just it's hard work, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> but no, but you know what it's I mean. Like, if they've got two different games, but they're all plastic tiny men. Oh, that I are think all you'll orcs. find they're quite distinct character designs. Hang well, on. It's, it's because Which, so do they? So do they own orcs and orcs, the yeah, Ks and, and the Cs, and Oryx. What Oryx? <laughs> that's the, the, the like the, from Destiny. No, that's Oryx. Oh. <laughs> 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 Oryx are from originally from, but that means they have two sets of Oryx because aren't Oryx? There's the Oryx or- and Oryx. What? There's Oryx and Oryx and Orcs and Orcs. Oh, are uh, you are uh, the only knew about this because of um, you sound like you're doing like who are who are what are we talking about the Wurzels? No, the um, I phoned the witch doctor and told him 
I was you or whatever that song was. <laughs> I was committing I was committing identity fraud <laughs> to the witch doctor. <laughs> okay, that Good. wasn't the lyrics. <laughs> oh, this is the longest pre pod sequence of all time. I need, need, need a moment of silence. Heaven's sake. Now it's time for the pod. <laughs> yes, it is. Do you know what episode number it is? Two, five, eight. Oh, you were so close. It's two, five, nine. Really? Yeah. I'm I good. think. You made yourself conscious now. Dang, I'm not going to check. Potentially so good. It's close to, if not that. Uh, it is also the 25th. October 2018. My name is Chris Thurston, and tonight I'm joined by Philippa War. Are we doing Halloween voices? Oh, it's close enough. No, I was speaking in a weird way. Okay, I thought you were being Count And. Or possibly Bella Lugosi. Terrifying Alex Wiltshire. He did have a curry before this, and that's the sound that makes. Do um, you have a spooky name this Halloween? Good God, no. Is that, I, am, your I, name am I really bad for finding to... the whole Halloween thing tedious beyond? So I was not on board. Well, I don't mind Halloween, but I don't, like, change my Twitter name or anything. But then today I was going through Marks and Spencers, uh, and I saw that they have mini... Uh, Halloween Colin the Caterpillar cakes, but they are Count Colin the Caterpillar. So okay. he's, he's got little vampire teeth and things. Yeah, that's quite which, nice. That was quite But why cute. can't that be all year round? That's well, what I'm saying. If it's that good, well, let him feed on blood. But this is basically Marks and Spencer's attempt at a mobile phone, um, like casual game, I think. Cause like they keep having Colin in different iterations and different outfits. I think it's like they're really investing in cosmetics. Well, like Colin the Gatcha Pillar. <laughs> nice. Thanks. That's very good. But yeah, so, but I quite like that. That changed my, my feelings on Halloween to, from like fine to Mm. <laughs> I can tell uh, this really does open new doors for Colin the Caterpillar. Uh, uh, uh. I can tell a terrifying well, Halloween story if you've got time. Well, I wanted to okay. just quickly air a grievance. <laughs> oh, of course, yes, go which on. was that. Um, but on the packaging for all of this, it says he is what he eats, and so is he a caterpillar that ate a vampire caterpillar, uh-huh. or is he a caterpillar that ate a vampire, uh-huh. or like? I don't, or, or did he, he eat a count and he just happens to be dressing up for Halloween or like, and what happens if he then eats something else? Like, cause I think on the, on the packet, he's shown as eating a piece of chocolate while bats fly in the background. Chocolate. So it's like, is he just going to like, so chocolate? He, why chocolate? Well, I suppose because Colin the Caterpillar is chocolate, but I like, the, he's, well, like no, Colin he's, the cannibal. He, Colin the, I thought he was like a slightly fizzy. Sort of thing. Is would that not be fermented? <laughs> like, what are you talking? You know, fizzy about? sweet things like fizzy oh, see. spongy no, ones. No, I don't. What? Well, see, because I don't get Colin the caterpillar. Like the other team at work 
every person's birthday they have like a Colin the Caterpillar cake and I I sit and I watch it from afar because I'm not on their team (laughs) which magazine is that? I think that's Games Radar that's OPM oh it's OPM and Games Radar Mm, there you go yeah Um, I don't get cake last year uh, you were away on Halloween I think Pip and I was home by myself and I realised at about 9 o'clock that I hadn't bought any sweets so I switched all the lights in the house off and <laughs> pretended to be out. <laughs> Isn't that what everyone does at Halloween at this point? Uh, it was terrifying. Every every crunch of leaves outside gave me the real deep social fear that I might have to talk to the awful neighbour children. <laughs> so, they're lovely. They're probably lovely. I was I felt a mixture of shame and trepidation about the whole thing. <laughs> my uh, my son uh, has been constructing over the past month a Space Marine armour set out of cardboard. Aww. It is enormous. <laughs> uh, is it um, for him or has he actually it is for him. found a Space Marine He's that needs some armour? He's going into extraordinary detail. He has modelled the entire gusset of a Space Marine's armour. Like, it goes right under. <laughs> I don't know why... I don't know why he's he attached the belt like it, he he can't he really wants every bit to be properly connected. Chris, do you have a space marine I could look at for reference? Uh, yes, there is one on that. There's several on that shelf. I'm pointing at. There are a mixture of red metallic and there's one in grey and green. I'm not sure he's going to be able to move in this thing when it's finished. I don't think the, they can either. The top half is pretty much done. The the the, the terrifying part of the story is uh, when we had to tell him that. We are going to be away <laughs> for Halloween, so, so he can't wear it. With it. Him. <laughs> no, because we won't have. We literally won't have room in the car. Is it this? Yeah. Oh, okay. That kind of thing. Wow, that's a lot that's of a cardboard. lot of bits and pieces. Well, he can wear yeah. it the rest of the time. He can. He'll clunk around. Uh, his gusset will be get, become increasingly worn. I imagine. <laughs> Has he got like his own insignia? I don't know. I think I think that's yes, what chapter the last does your son belong, yeah. <laughs> Alex? What color is it? It's uh, currently brown, but, see. Um, but he, I think he wants to sp- spray paint it black. So that would be uh, the either black templars or raven guard. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> or death watch. No wonder you. Know I thought it might be death watch. Actually, is. has he got one big metal arm? No. Okay, then it's not. Oh, don't mention this. He's going to go mental. <laughs> he just has um, to get. You just have to give him some silver spray paint for one of the arms. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just glad to be able to help. Honestly, <laughs> if he needs a home for that, <laughs> I'll answer the door in that and have a win. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh. Uh, good. We should talk about some video games because that's what we ostensibly do. Yeah. On this podcast, I want to uh, talking terror. I want to cast everyone's minds back uh, to the year 2007 slash 2008. Oh, I love then. Yeah, that was your that was halcyon my, era, wasn't it? That was my days. Yeah, that was when I you joined like the games industry. I was ambivalent. When I joined. Yeah, I hated those years. But you joined the games industry, which is a sensible thing that adults do. Yeah, that was when, that was when, get jobs for jobs. <laughs> back then. <laughs> what are they now? Jobs for life. In what Hobbies. Se- in what sense did this job for life work out for you? Yeah, I'm not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was a time when there wasn't a sense of continual doom. That was nice. Pre Twitter, of course. Mm. So, uh, oh like, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. All you had to go on was um, was forums, and which mean which meant that you could. I think one of the things with Twitter is that uh, because Twitter everybody's on Twitter, you can. It's hard to kind of define 
the bits that you like and the bits you don't because you yeah. know where, where, who belongs to who until you've done lo- uh, too much research and then you're in too deep. Back in those days, you could just say, I don't like that forum and you could ignore everybody on it. It was I mean, wonderful. I think Twitter did exist back then. 2007. Yeah. Mm, oh, maybe it did. Well, it was when, when it was text mm. only. You know, like as in SMS only. As an early adopter, Alex. You were. <laughs> you were on it. I was, I was on Twitter quite early, but I didn't tweet until a little bit i think i'm not sure i remember that my first tweet was i hate typing and i hate twitter so you know <laughs> they that both remain great. true um <laughs> yeah so, i mean mine by yeah uh, my first tweet probably I, wasn't I don't think i was actually that early an adopter but i knew it existed i was an early adopter of um tumblr mm. so <laughs> Doesn't surprise me at all. Okay. <laughs> I have no fear of the 12 tumblers. <laughs> uh, only naughty's kids will remember Hellgate London. Oh, of course. Well, good news. All <laughs> seven of you. <laughs> it's inexplicably back. I know. Why is this happening? It's exactly of all the games, of all the games. So I remember uh, Marsh uh, was writing about that on Edge uh when that very first came out yeah and four edge as well that version yeah <laughs> and uh and we were all kind of what what and he well, was so like oh in some oh, ways so hellgate 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 london was it's it's a 3d diablo-ish multiplayer like third person was, so shooter i will say this very diablo-y i will say this in hellgate london's defense <coughs> it was sort of colossally ahead of its time yeah it was procedure generated uh tube stations full of demons that you could shoot with your robo knight and because it was fundamentally the same model as warframe and destiny yeah at a time where people only really understood warcraft style mmos with the notion of like a kind of multi persistent hub based sort of action rpg which is now such a tremendously successful template wasn't really broadly understood and it wasn't really broadly understood the game had loads of other problems but it was miles ahead of its time. Yeah. And you've got to believe that the reason for re-releasing it on Steam now, I, I, don't know, I don't know why, but the reason would be, well, Warframe is massive. Destiny's big. So why don't we We've dredge got, up? This- these games are all still going. That's the thing, right? Like, no MMO has really died for years. Like, Wildstar. Well, what, yeah, but like, whilst I, but that, but did that sort of launched in a kind of slightly sort of unsteady way and kind of, yeah, but like so that. actually, so hang on, I'll, I'll clarify that. No MMO that wasn't made by Sony Online Entertainment, but even then, <laughs> that, and that was released during that big wave of sort of late noughties MMOs up to mm. like maybe 2011, 2012. Wildstar was very late. That's, yeah. that's kind of what killed Wildstar. I think it missed, it was a good game, but it missed the wave. Like, cause I've been looking into this recently for a work thing. Like, Rift's still going. You can load up and play EverQuest and EverQuest 2 as much as you like. Lord, like, Rift. those things still exist and they still have players. So you can log on to them right now and the people are playing them. And they're all basically the same now. You know, the old Republic is still going, I think. Like, it's almost impossible for these games to die. And I kind of get that because once they're go- going, they're just kind of going and they support free to play. They adapt to free to play well from a business point of view, if not well from a play point of view. Was City of Heroes a memo? It was, but I think that got Isn't that more of a legal thing, wasn't it? it? I don't, I don't remember exactly. It was an NC soft companies thing. So com- shifting I think there was, uh, I think, things. I think there was a, 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 some like there was a time when these games did get cancelled. 
Uh, I think it was when things were getting very competitive, like, you know, Vanguard died and, and Star Wars Galaxies died and there's, there were a bunch of them did end, but there does seem to have been a point where things got set in amber mm. and they kind of make the kind of like, you know, uh, well, and this is maybe, uh, you know, a flimsy hot take for this week because Tryon has just announced loads and loads who run a, a bunch of these games. Um, have just announced like almost total layoffs. I think. I think they might be checking that, which is a huge shame for people working there. But there was there's a sense that these things just make money forever. So I kind of get why they they tick over and Steam's free to play section forever. What I don't understand is bringing one back. If that makes sense, it's like you don't like. Yeah, I don't. You know, like I'm not sure who's clamoring for it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But maybe that's the thing is that if it, it's not a case of who's clamoring for it, it's, oh, we missed, like, we did this thing at a time when those things weren't what people were looking for. But it's more of a second bite at the cherry than, than, yeah, I just, like, I, pleasing hardcore fans or. I just feel like a second bite at the cherry would be a sequel. Rather than literally re-releasing a game that is now, like, without substantial investment, going to be massively behind its equally free competition. And it's just, it just strikes me as a, I mean, there must be, there must be a rationale for it, but it, it just, I think, cause I associate it so much with a very much hyped game that doesn't seem to be able to stop dying. It's sort of notable to me that it's back, everybody. Like, yeah, yeah like, I don't know, just, didn't expect to be talking about Hellgate London. Yeah, in, of all the games. In, yeah, <laughs> in this, the hellscape of 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a demographic for whom that will be the nostalgia thing. Mm. Or like a niche nostalgia I was wondering thing. about that. Like I was thinking maybe we're just out of touch. Maybe there's a there's a generation below that kind of like, that was our game. That was Yeah, if you're like a Generation Z kind yeah. of. Hey, the, the Hellgate generation yeah yeah you know like kids that was hellgate your fortnight <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean maybe they're like oh you know we we get regular emails about you know could could i have the code and could i yeah maybe maybe i mean I, like on this thing i could easily be very very wrong and I, I suspect that maybe on steam these games just make a kind of basic amount of money that mm. like better there than not like i don't know the other thing is completely without knowing any of the backstory and being totally unfamiliar with the game. Um, the other thing is that sprang to mind when you mentioned Hellgate Tokyo was it might, it might actually simply be that somebody who felt that they'd invested a lot in those ideas and they never saw the light of day oh, for I some think reason. It might be had some contractual to, thing, some sort of, well, this wasn't on the market for long enough according <laughs> to this contract. Well, even more of a kind of <laughs> what more of a kind of um thinking that they wanted to do something with an idea that they'd enjoyed working on and wanted to just at least get it out there in some playable form even yeah. if it doesn't go anywhere right maybe they maybe they saw the setting sun over london as brexit looms and and as as <laughs> Japan. That's it. It's topical. Japan, <laughs> Japan also faces serious problems, aging population, things. I thought, let's put out this game that, that celebrates these two 
great cities faded yeah exactly <laughs> yeah well maybe the, that's the thing is we should all start practicing for living in a sort of feral hostile tube system as the surface of the planet becomes unlivable and terror rains down yeah. from every available source yeah maybe drones. that's it like i mean i don't know you know in, in the late yeah, <laughs> drones. In drones just drones in the late <laughs> noughties we weren't ready for hellgate london um but now well bring <laughs> we it on really <laughs> like, yeah. i'm playing that. sounds like a blessing i will download it and i will play it i know this yeah i was always vaguely kind of like huh i mean maybe they're going to do something remarkable with it i just uh, like my, i think my more educated guess would be that like i suspect that free, I, like i do suspect that free to play games do well on steam i suspect they do well internationally mm. i suspect the market for steam has expanded sufficiently that you can put well there's anything. china 30 percent of steam is now yeah china exactly exactly we should talk however about the games what we do play rather than the games we didn't and won't indeed <laughs> <laughs> um well what have I you been be playing the return of the Obradin or Obradin life Obra goes Obra Obra <laughs> life has stopped but oh. I keep, oh. <laughs> oh these men are dead who am I <laughs> I've got a beard yeah exactly who's this guy he's gone asleep I don't know what song <laughs> have you moved into because that's it's still not Obladi. a recognisable tune <laughs> <laughs> it's not Obladi yeah Every time, every time the word Obradin comes up, yeah. your face does this sort of, uh, and then you start rubbing your eyes like this. Oh, no, that's just, I'm tired. <laughs> um, maybe it's also a bit of a associative stress headache of trying to figure things out. Um, so if people do not know, uh, it is the new game from Lucas Pope, who is the, uh, mind behind Papers, Please. And what you have got is a monochrome, uh, highly stylized, uh, boat scenario. And you put together information from the little vignettes that you can trigger as you walk around the ship uh, and you need to figure out what has happened to each of the crew and identify them so it's basically like one of those uh, logic grid puzzles that you can pick up in those books in the supermarket and you know the ones that have you know a scenario and it gives you clues and you my neighbor lives in a blue house yeah. I drink from a red cup. And, uh, Derek my... hates dogs. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And then you figure out that Derek lives three doors away and yeah, all of that stuff. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so this is that, but on a ship and with murders. In 18, no, something or other. Seven? Yeah. I think there's a seven in there. But also in 1987 in a computer sense, but in a good way. Well, it's, I made um, a bad, I've said a bad thing. Please redeem me. <laughs> your options in the, uh, graphics menu are, I think it's Macintosh. Yeah. IBM. It's basically different old style. It's so strange. It's like, I, right? I really, I think I love it, but yeah, it's got these kind of arcane mm. 80s computer kind of graphics set, like, not graphics, they color scheme settings, aren't they? Yeah. And yet everything else is 
sort of painstakingly, but in a pixel mm. graphics kind of presentation way, painstakingly kind of 1806, whatever it is. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> sure, <laughs> let's go with that. But it's got seamen oh shouting. Oh my God. <laughs> what? You've got a really low barrier for accuracy, if that's what you're after. Yeah, 1807. <laughs> The, the year of the yelling seamen. <laughs> but they're saying things in accents and it's got rigging in it. Oh my God, you're going to be so excited when you go to the theatre for it's the got first a book, time. And, and some of the book is in, we've got a serif font, just like in the old days. Do they, <laughs> does, do any of the F's look like S's? <gasps> That's a good point. I don't or think the, it has. Or no. the other way around. Amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> So, Pip, this is, you've been enjoying oh Aubrey God, D, Aubrey Duff. It's not a surprise that you're not far in. <laughs> I'm not far, not far in at all. I got really, really badly stressed out. Really? Why? Because I can't tie up all the loose ends and, you know, and then it was presenting me with death after death after death. And I was thinking, well, I haven't tied up the earlier deaths and now I've got to look at another death and I've got to remember the details and it's all too much to grasp. Do you I, think maybe I you should shouldn't just have chill become... out. <laughs> I really love. I really, really, really sort of like the premise and everything. Well, um, the premise which I realised I absolutely skipped over is that you are um, an insurance off officer I mean, or something, and that's why you're figuring out what's happened that's because the dream. of an insurance claim. I think that's the dream on a ghost ship, to be specified. Well, or- it's not. A, I mean, yeah, but I said, I said everyone was dead, didn't I? That's true. Yeah, you did. So. Like, unless you're going to start arguing that the ship is a ghost, it is might it? be a ghost. But, I mean, then I might be a ghost. That's so. always kind of weird, isn't it? That we refer to a ghost ship as a ship that doesn't have any people on board, where in fact the only thing that's not a ghost there is yeah, the ship. That's the one thing you can <laughs> exactly. rely on. Yeah. Maybe it's a Tangible ship of boat. ghosts, though. <laughs> like, because mm. you don't say a teacup as a cup that's made of tea. That is very true, yeah. So... <laughs> A ship of ghosts yes. rather than a ship that is a ghost. Yeah. I've never thought about it in this like, way. Because otherwise it would just be a ghost, wouldn't it? Oh. Like, but, it but when we talk ghosts. about the phrase ship of Theseus, we're not talking about a ship full of Theseuses. We're talking about <laughs> a ship made by Theseus. But that's because of can be a, a but that's true. ownership. So, yeah, so, you're right. But, I mean, it's not it's like the ghost <laughs> ship is, you know, as in the ghost ship, it's not a ship owned by a ghost. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be, but that's unrelated. <laughs> that's Monkey Island. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, insurance. yeah, you're you're an insurance person investigating the ghost ship. All right? <laughs> With a magical pocket watch, as you do. But when we say a spaceship... <laughs> Oh, not yeah. talking... I mean, we talk about something that's got quite a lot of storage. It's not just a very options. spacious ship, is it? But it's in space. It's like a sea ship. Yeah. So is this in... Go- I don't want to talk about this anymore. Ghost I'm sorry. It's probably ship. unbearable. <laughs> anyway, I know you've you've played a lot of Obedin and seem to be enjoying it very much. Yes. But you're also angry about it. I'm not angry. Uh, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> no, I'm... I'm angry with myself. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not angry. <laughs> Let's try that. But it's got to the point where I have four people left to identify. And, uh, uh, or rather, I know who each of them is, but 
what happened to them is currently eluding me and I am I've had a few things where I thought maybe I had the right idea for for looking for clues in other scenarios because you get essentially a set of um snippets from each of the big events in the ship's voyage and so you can actually follow short timelines through the thing and then yeah because you'll see characters sort of featuring in scenes yeah so you'll you'll be able to figure out bits of what happened and you know chart the basic events and then start digging into the details and so i keep thinking okay maybe there's um a way that i can find out what happened to them from this kind of scene if if maybe i i look in this place and i'll i'll see a trace of of something that might tell me more i'm trying really hard not to be specific um but uh yeah it's so far all of those ideas have I think they've been solid ideas, but that's not where the game is hiding the information that I need mm. or where it has placed the information that I need. So I am not sure how to... Guess. Just guess. Well, I mean, I could. It would just take a while mm. and it might be impossible to do that. Because one of the interesting things is I was thinking, hang on, if if the thing only advances once you are correct, then what is to stop people from guessing? So that and... was that was one of the, the design things you went through because you've got to, you've got to have three completely correct before it'll so, mark yeah. those three. Exactly the same solution, Hackbud. There you go. But yeah, so there are three things that you need to, you know, you need to have um, a person's like, so you, you have, one of the things you have is a portrait of everyone who was on the ship. So say you're looking at one face, that face would need a name, it would need how they died. And it would need, you know, any extra details, like if it was a murder as opposed to dying of something, you would need to say who inflicted that. And you need three of those correctly identified for the game to tell you that all of them were correct. You, It's basically you either get yeah. no feedback or you get, yes, these are all correct. But also in the list of things that could have happened, there are far more, yeah. as far as I can tell, than would have actually, you know, than, than the game contains. Oh, yeah, red herrings. Yeah, and so to actually work through those, I've got four people left. And so I would have, it, it, it would be numerically rather time consuming (laughs) to try and brute force it i think and and the information must be in there i feel Mm. but i am just not seeing it and i don't know whether that's a case of i happen to have just not looked at all of the scenarios with that particular thing in mind and so that's my next task after this podcast or whether it's a case of something needs to reset my brain and how I'm thinking. Mm. Um, because I've noticed that in solving 
solving the rest of the stuff until this point, I was finding that I would hit a bit of a wall with something. Not for long, I will say. And then I'd notice another detail. And and so I I don't know whether I was in the zone with puzzle solving, because I think you suddenly can get into the zone and you're just, oh, and then this and then that and then that. Um, or whether the game was good at leading me to those moments um, or perhaps it had just enough wiggle room in terms of some of the clues. That- That's an interesting problem, like because, yeah, because th- there must be a lot of variables as you mop up the last ones and mm. whether you've, like, whether it's beautifully designed and, like, it's it's there tantalising in front of you and you can't grasp it or you've got to do a lot of legwork to go through all of the data, like, fundamentally. Yeah. Just, it's just a lot of information you've got to sift through. I'm also a little worried that I might have to make some assumptions that I'm not necessarily... I don't know. And and I don't want to say this is the case, but I think it's that point. There is a point earlier on in the game that I think there's a very pointed thing that it's it tries to teach you about making assumptions. Mm. I don't know, but do you think that it's... You make an ass out of you and me. (laughs) Is it early enough in the game that it's okay to talk about... I'm talking about the French one? Um, Do you know what I'm talking about? It feels like the whole thing is... Maybe moving away from just simply getting stuck or late game stuff, it'd be interesting. Because this is... To clarify, you're talking about the final five out of 50? Is that right? Four out of 60. 60. Well... A, Very, give like, or take. A, anyway. a big, a big number, many dozen. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Surely that means that at other parts of playing this, you have moved a decent clip, and and because it's not taking you. So the first scenario that it gives you, it's uh, it, it's essentially a tutorial, and it tells you the oh, so end. No, it's so lovely and neat. That bit. Yeah, it, oh, I feel so good. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's a relatively self-contained. Uh, segment and so what you do is you meet uh, I think there are four characters in that scenario and it's very clear about you know it mentions a few names and Mm. those names then allow you to divine a few (laughs) relationships um, and then uh, people say some relatively explicit things and their outfits kind of help you identify some elements of who they are things like that um and so that that acts as a good grounding and then a little bit after that i actually ended up messaging you alex because Mm. i um i i don't know whether it was because of the imagery um and that for some reason because i was not maybe i wasn't quite looking at things the right way or hadn't you know got my eye in with regard to keeping an eye on the detail because it hadn't been taxing until that point or whether it was just that I'd missed a, 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 an obvious signpost but I I found myself really confused as to where to go or what to do next and I hadn't realised that the downstairs had Right, that was up. it, was it? There was like, yeah. Yeah, because I, I found that later it was a lot clearer when a new floor had opened up mm. but that first time i just i managed to completely miss it and was really confused 
Um, so, but, but other than that, I feel like it has been really good at both setting my expectations for how hard finding out who a character was had been and also helping me sort of nudge me around the ship and keeping me feeling like things were manageable. I'll be interested to know if your feeling of being overwhelmed settles down, actually. Yeah, I think I've just got to calm down. I just think I've just got to just relax into it, really. Yeah. Just let it sort of just go along at its pace and just yeah be comfortable. Because what I found quite nice was that even though there are quite a few different scenes and at points a lot of people are in that, I I felt like sort of just settling on figuring out the most obvious people because um did you see that you can tell how easy it is to figure out who someone is um when you look at their portrait in your in your little book yeah. it has one two or three pips above them oh right and so if it's a three that means that they'll actually be really hard to identify from the information that you have but if it's just one then it's going to be an easier task. So, and so you can will change over the course of the game as you get more information? I don't think that they do because oh. I think it's based on the amount of information you have total. Right. But as you sort of dig around and, and hmm. know more about the scenes and know where you've focused and where you've yet to focus, I think that helps you. That's but I think... That would, that would be a nice anxiety kind of dampener yeah so i think if if you're struggling with finding a foothold skimming through the book and, and seeing who's got just the one thing above their head uh they're like little av- arrows um because one of the things i yeah. found confusing is that um so when you look at an entry in the book for uh, a, a killing um mm-hmm. a face will be generally blurred out to start with mm. it's like a it's just a drawn face um and then it suddenly becomes clear after a certain point mm. and i'm pretty sure the game does say once it's clear mm-hmm. you have enough information yes to identify them and like <laughs> i could swear that i have not had that information <laughs> but then obviously lots of people have been playing it and have succeeded where i've mm. crashingly failed so something that I will be really interested in is when we have both finished, um, I would be super interested in hearing uh, and also in, in seeking out other people's stories of how they figured things out because I want to, I want to know how much wiggle room there is in those clues, whether perhaps the difficulty is set by inference whether it's set by there is only one clue that will tell you this thing Mm. whether it's um you know that yeah i'm trying to figure out how it's in many ways it's nice that like you've played so much of it and you don't know that because if it if you did know like how nuts and boltsy the kind of the puzzle design is like it would probably not Mm. is interesting again it's interesting if you can't necessarily infer whether or not your particular route through it is typical so i think that it probably is um but i would just be interested in how much sort of extra almost nudging the game has for some of the yeah 
The reason the reason I mention it is because one thing I'm reminded of, having not played the game, listening to this, is her story, which is obviously very analog in terms of how it lets you chart your own course through it, but also not in some ways. Like it, mm. you know, it, you know, it, there are shorter and you know, in, in there's a lot of sort of inferential puzzle solving in hack mode, and we think of them in terms of leap distance, basically, like how far does someone inference inference have to go to take them from this point to this point? And players will mostly take the short leaps, but are the long leaps interesting as well? Mm. And that's, you know, that means you can have multiple pathways, even though something can be quite wide open in terms of the search space of a puzzle, which is very literally true in her story, but I think true in all kinds of games yeah. like this, deductive games. Um, you can pretty much predict what the likely, you know, what the path of least resistance is likely to be, and therefore you can structure the experience around that. And I would say, knowing the basic mechanics of Oberdin, I assumed that it would be relatively... Uh, prescriptive in terms of how you piece things together. But if the experience of it is a feeling like these moments of deduction and kind of soft, when I say soft in terms of like analog solving, that's really interesting. So I don't think, I think I'm probably not representing it quite right then, because I do think that it's very um, constructed and like it, I, I, Mostly, I just want to confirm that my pathway through it is mm. the pathway. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I would be interested in, cause the ones that were low difficulty, I did get quite quickly. And so, you know, you, you sort of stop thinking about those because mm. they're, they're solved problems. And so I don't know if there were extra little touches that could have helped me solve those particular ones because i just wasn't looking yeah, for them look anymore for them. Yeah, yeah um so things like that and also i would be interested in whether other people fared a bit better with the the voice acting because you get a little voice snippet at the beginning of of a scene and i have a an absolute tin ear for accents and things so that, lots of people have talked about using accents to identify and, and i just that felt like i thought well because partly because the voice acting, so the, the accents aren't that distinctive. There's many of the ones I've come across anyway. Mm, like I, so the game transcribes those things. So you can have a look at the little script of it if you want to in the, in the entry for an event in the book. Um, but it won't tell you the accent if someone was speaking English, but it will have you know, foreign characters if if they were speaking a different language. So there are moments when you see Cyrillic and you know that one of the people there must have been Russian, but it's things like, yeah, the, the accented English that I, I just don't seem to feel I yeah. pick up reliably. So I would be interested if anyone could use that stuff. Because I, don't, yeah. I imagine yeah. that quite right. a lot of people playing, you couldn't have been designed... For people, you know, assuming that everybody would understand what a Welsh accent is. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I don't. I don't know because I've. Cause I it think wouldn't I've work used, in any other language. I think I've used that stuff a little, but only in the sense that I had a suspicion, and that helped me validate it rather yeah. than it was. I I would hate relying on it because I can't hear differences and things. Yeah. I think I have used the clues that it has given me in in that sort of 
prescriptive logic sense, though. I have found a clue, I have employed it, and that has fed me an answer. So it does feel a lot more like the, yeah, those logic puzzles, but it's just, it's, it, I think the thing that I really like about it is that you are just free to wander and, and find those connections on your own. And that's why that is pleasing because you can puzzle over something and then it'll suddenly pop into your head and you're, you're moving around and you're having a think you're genuinely thinking quite hard in some of those scenarios and making notes and, and mm. that, I always find that gratifying. And so when you mentioned her story, it's, yeah, I was making a lot of notes during that and thinking and putting stories together in my head. And because it doesn't, you, you know, you can use a, a map of the ship that marks out the events on, on the different decks and draws a line. So it shows you the, the time line and when i started using that properly uh, the story started flowing together in an interesting mm. way and that was really mm. pleasing so i'm i'm not surprised people are um absolutely raving about it you know that yeah. that feels like an appropriate response well done <laughs> good job mm. good job Redin. <sighs> revenge of Return of. I call it the Revenge of Theobrodim. Yeah. That's really annoying. Is that a spoiler? Did the boat eat all the people? Yes. Okay. It was a ghost all along. Mm, the hungry ghost. Um, Alex, you're not afraid of no ghosts. Does that mean I'm afraid of some ghosts? It does, yes. No, you're afraid of a scenario in which no ghosts exist. You, 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 no, you don't want to contemplate a world where you have to leave that, and move That would on. be, I am afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> I'm afraid of no ghosts. Yeah, that's what the line is. It's I, not, I'm not, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> Someone welcomes the world with ghosts in it. Maybe that's what it means. I don't know. I, I've, I've actually, I welcome them. I have puzzled over this on like two different things now. So I don't, I don't think I can keep going back to that particular ghost well. Um, but guess who else can't stop going back to the well? It's Lara Croft. <laughs> I'm what? trying to segue out of Oberdin. Please help. Why is she in a well? Because they're ancient. Wells are. No, but you don't find... She's she's into plunder. What are you going to find at the bottom of a well? A bucket. Water. I get lost rings. Why would you put a ring in a well? It's a lost one. Nobody Alex, help me it out that here. Way. You've been playing... I've been playing Lara Croft and the Temple of Doom. No, <laughs> Shadow of the Tomb Raid Tom Brader. <laughs> Shadow of the Tom Brader. <laughs> and I finished it the other day and I didn't think, for most of playing it, I didn't think that I had anything particularly to say about it. <laughs> I didn't... I didn't finish, uh, was it Rise of the Tomb Raider? Was it mm. Tom, the Rise yeah. of the Tomb Raider? So was the one before this? Is it, so it's Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider, okay. Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Then Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> the human man. <laughs> um, because I, I didn't, I, I, I spent a long time playing Rise of the Tomb Raider. It seemed to be a very long game mm. and I would just not play it for a few months and then came back to it. Eventually I played it, finished it, uh, a few months ago and then Shadow came out and I wasn't going to play it and then I did and, and, and I thought, oh, this is, this is just, it's exactly the same as the last game. This just doesn't feel very different at all. You know, it looks more or less the same. A bit more opulent, more detail, that kind of thing. Uh, it 
but it, a lot of the sort of weird, sort of slightly janky animation was all the same, and just it was just all the same. And I thought, oh, yeah. and then I found myself <laughs> just finished. It. I just played it quite, you know, on consecutive evenings, and I just finished it because it had it managed just to plumb that sweet spot of challenge where you're not really challenged, and you just it just plays along and it's just quite nice the sort of the uncharted sweet yeah. spot exactly what are you doing with your life right now i don't know it's some sort of weird escape thing i don't know what it is um and I, and then then i thought well actually no, maybe i do have something because i i felt guilty through a lot of it because i was just playing without really caring and you could just see how much work had gone into the game like just the many of the vistas in this game are just extraordinarily beautiful and you know of these kind of uh mayan kind of ruins in the middle of jungles and and sort of light shafts coming down through kind of chambers and things like that um and i just felt that guilt that you get when you're playing a game where someone has you know thousands of people have all worked out long overtime hours and kind of yeah they've made this thing and i'm just mm. running straight through it not paying attention um and then I, then I kind of got towards, towards the end of it and I realized that it, it, that this is the Tomb Raider of the new ones that has done the most to get back to a lot of what I liked about the original Tomb Raiders, which was the sense of sort of being on your own. Mm. They had a pacing that kind of was, was content for you to be on your own and there'll be a little bit of combat and then you'd be on your own, like solving puzzles. I also tore my hair out through most of the early Tomb Raiders and I, you know, I don't think I've finished any of them at all. Um, but there was a sense of sort of loneliness in them that I really liked and the, yeah. and the new games have been basically, you know, murder simulators. Like, sliding down hills. Sliding down hills and murder simulators and mm. a bit of kind of QTE style, you know, without QTEs, but essentially you're pressing the buttons in time with the thing. And it was all, you know, it was all hyper drama. And this one, I realize there's, there's not very much combat in it. Hmm. Um, and for a lot of the time, you're just walking through ruins on your own. Um, just with lots of things to look at and peer at and sort of the, the challenge tombs are like they're all focused on a particular kind of mechanic or kind of emergent thing that comes through. It's kind of fairly limited tool set but actually you know they feel distinct these these different kind of uh, challenge tombs um uh it'll set you in a hub kind of large kind of sprawling open hub area that you can kind of go and pick up materials to do crafting with and this you're on your own a lot and i really actually very much enjoyed that Mm. but then (laughs) the interesting thing about that is that uh so it has like a crafting system and you have it has a massive great skill system where you you're unlocking really quite boring skills that none of which are particularly you know inspiring like you know uh uh your sensory your perception kind of drug that you can take so you can see enemies through things lasts slightly longer it's those kinds of skills yeah. you know nothing uh, whatever mm. um mostly um and uh and you have money in it obviously and you can buy new weapons and things like through that and then you can upgrade all of these weapons with kind of you know better reload times and stuff like that but there's so little combat that most of the skills <laughs> which are combat based almost mo- almost all of the skills are combat based and the weapons are kind of like 
why would you put any time into investing in any of them? Because like, there's not much to shoot at, which is really nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so it's, it's like a strange game. I mean, I think there's, there's probably, there's, there are more things to find, you know, off the beaten track of the main story, which I mostly kind of went down. Um, you know, I haven't rinsed the game by any means, but it's, it's, uh, they haven't, they've they've hung on to the dna of the previous games which is like all combat and while also wanting to kind of let you play in your own rate and therefore eh, it's eh. a strange game mm. it's gorgeous though mm. really does gorgeous. it feel like the end of a trilogy no not uh, remotely okay like it's setting it up for more tomb raider games like you know the story is more or less finished i suppose the whole Mm. Trinity thing, I suppose, is 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 generally Trinity being the baddies in the okay. first, first three Tomb Raiders. They are, I think, s- resolved, but I wasn't really paying attention that closely, so I don't think they were. There's the mm. the parental issue stuff is kind of resolved at the end of it because Tomb Raiders, uh, Tom Raider's father is murdered. <laughs> And his, her mother died, so she's an orphan, and so that's a kind of a driving factor and mm. things. He, she she must remember she's a craft, Lara. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember. I think the thesis that people kept telling me for the trilogy was that the first one was kind of "Are you the Tomb Raider?" and then the middle <laughs> one was probably and then the last one was oh too much <laughs> like it, uh, so does it resolve into just right or like if, <laughs> like trying to heat soup oh it's like, cold i said oh it's mm, it's getting it's oh i don't think this is warm enough to eat oh shit it's, it's boiling oh no god it's on the yeah oh. <laughs> it's like leaving pears to ripen <laughs> yes yeah like a, a, oh, t- like a pair a tomb raider is, is is ripe for maybe th- what, 14 seconds it's uh it's a it's a strange Put it next i, to I what i really struggled with it in uh, though is uh is the voice actor's accent because she's meant to be posh english mm. and the actor is australian and it just comes through all the time. Is it Camilla Luddington? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um. her performance, like, she sounds so bored. Like, there is a lot of dialogue in it. You know, you know, there's lots of, you know, you can walk through a town and there's lots of people to talk to. And she sounds so bored delivering some of the lines as well. <laughs> I think she's trying to do kind of, you know, kind of that lazy, um, posh English accent, but it comes across as, I'm really bored trying to do these <laughs> VO lines. Um, and also some of the writing is just really off. So I, I don't know. Um, so shall I, uh, you come across this place in this game, which has not been discovered before, or it kind of has, but the people in it are from a, another time because mm. they are a pocket of a culture, which has mm. gone before. Okay. And Lara Croft can, bizarrely speak the language just fine uh and they're all speaking english in fact according in, in, in you know according to what you're listening to and she's wandering around making friends with everybody uh and it's all good and um there's one quest in it where you meet someone who's 
kind of like been uh because because he's done something in his life he's been pushed out of the society he's become an outcast right but and it, and it wants to ex- it, the, the quest is about exploring what that means within this this made-up culture um which is okay that's a cool premise that's fine but the your task to do this is to find five of the characters who are also outcasts in this in this town right and talk to them about about their kind of their experiences to learn about what being an outcast means and um and lara croft says oh thanks so much for sharing your story which is like you're in <laughs> this mayan culture like nobody talks like but ancient cultures probably didn't talk about happy clappy stuff like sharing their stories with each other. They like, didn't have the vocabulary yeah, of a vice documentary here. Yeah. It's just like little kind of weird things, like such hyper modern Western concepts. They just thought, ah, oh, that will translate just fine to this. Right? Yeah. When the conceit that is that you are speaking a different language, yeah, you're meant to like this is meant to be a, a, like a, a a culture which is untouched by modernity, right? Except for woke. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just little inconsistencies like that. I just, but then, you know, then you go off into the forest and you kill some parrots and it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> One, no. <laughs> but two, like, cause I remember I read a bunch of the preview stuff to sort of see whether I wanted to give it a go. I, th- I think I played about half an hour of the first of the reboots sequence, the, I, there was some nonsense and I, I, I found it quite dull, yeah. so I didn't bother. Um, but I thought, oh, maybe I'll try again. There's a jungle. I like jungles. Maybe there's some jungle. animals. Um, and then there was a lot of talk about the jungle as a metaphor for ladies. <laughs> <laughs> or like, as, you know, there was this sense that, Lara becomes one with the jungle and they're both a bit wild and dark and scary and the whole thing is... And uh-huh. that was when they were really sort of uh, piling on the... But maybe too much! Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that, the, the, the overall arc is tedious, it's super tedious. Yeah, like, it's it's very kind of, oh, here we go. Yeah. Because she, she, she raids too many tombs. <laughs> too many tombs raided. Maybe she's tired. Causes bad magic. Maybe she's like cranky. <laughs> she's another hobby. She's what she's the mistake she's made is she's turned her hobby into a job. Yeah, yeah. you can never really yeah. enjoy it in the same a way. Yeah. yeah, it's like Wait, game channels. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also, like I, I think that maybe you being a dick, Lara. You know, pillaging and basically. Oh, she smashes. Nicking. She smashes shit. so much stuff. It's like, I don't, it doesn't really stuff. square with the thank you for telling me your story, sharing your story. Yeah, well, that, that's now another Now I'm just going to kick it. some shit how many, over. Um, how many challenge teams involve either setting something on fire or flooding something? Oh, all, yeah, like there, <laughs> there, are, there are multiple flooding things and there are quite a lot of setting things on fire and lots of jumping onto things, which is clearly not ever designed to uh, <laughs> to take your weight. And, um, and, and now, since they have been rotting there for 300 years, definitely aren't. Oh, look... And you destroyed it. (laughs) (laughs) 
hope you're happy. <laughs> One of the oh, there's an interesting. You know, you know the, the 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 Uncharted. I think Uncharted was the first one to kind of fully kind of play on this. But the you jump onto the platform and you you grip on the one line and then something falls away and then you got to press a button to to yeah. regain both of your hands Ugh. or you fall down and you got to grip on to, to the lower to the you know a, yeah the yeah, platform yeah. You suddenly get your fucking crampons back out all or something the time. All the time, like, uh, and so much so that they, that is as if they know one of the skills you can buy just stops that happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Wait, does it fix the ledges or does it make Lara? It means that she just grabs on with both right. hands without. This is something I find tremendously refreshing about Odyssey, which I won't bang on about because I appreciate we had two pods in a row about banging on about it. But it's the fact that you can just climb everything and it's fine. Yeah. It's the fact that there's sort of no ambiguity about that. It's just like, you can see it. Just clamber up that yeah. it doesn't make any sense you just you, you are a spider person it's very post zelda isn't it yeah but it's it's that is actually very post zelda even but no stamina bar none of that zelda yeah. mitigating how much you can climb they just know you, you want to go up that you want to climb that and jump off it climbs use yeah. go past his bottom eventually Good. it switches off fall damage completely you mitigate all fall damage by just doing a forward roll in the air from any height and you're fine and i you know what? Good. They, that was actually almost a brave decision because there's probably going to be some point where someone steps in and says, realism states we should make you feel this. And there are games, I think, topical games where that's a, definitely a guiding star. Not Assassin's Creed. It's just like you want to do a big forward roll while an eagle goes, ah, and then you're fine. Yeah, do it. I think th- Assassins don't take fall damage. Cannon, go for it. <laughs> this is a slightly unrelated point, but to go back to what you were saying earlier about that slight guilt of oh these people have worked so hard on this thing and i'm giving it a prox 60 percent of my attention at most yeah it's on on the phone yeah kind of it makes me think of you know when you're in i don't know a really nice hotel room or staying at a friend's house or something but the shower's not working properly and you're like well i mean you know it's very pretty (laughs) and everything but i'm i'm still I'm not having a great, you know, yeah. I'm, like, I'm having a cold bath. <laughs> You've got all your teak candles, but I mean, it's still approx 20 degrees in the water. So no. Yeah. I don't know. It's because, yeah, like, I, and I always wind up feeling like I wish that they had made the playground and that they had then given loads of other devs the tool set so they could tell a story within that somehow i don't know i'd you know a beautiful jungle setting or an absolutely amazingly realized thing with all of these tools and fancy hair and whatever that would be I'd love to see what so many different people would do with that. Yeah. To to gate it off with one dev who is telling a story that I'm not keen on. It's very, it's super mannered. It's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's untied. They, it, I mean, they do, they have these hub areas and Mm. where there's a, a load of stuff to explore on your own bat. But the tool set is just, you can jump, you Mm. can shoot stuff. And there are lots of puzzly things with attaching ropes from here to there and that pulls that. And then there's like a physics-y sort of system-y thing that that kind of enables. And, you know, there's, it's a very sort of mm. constrained set of, um, things that you do in Tomb Raider. Like not as constrained as, to, as Uncharted. Like, mm. so Uncharted is just a 
like a movie like it's just a, an action film and and tomb raider appear that these new games are kind of awkwardly we need to be like uncharted which means you've got to have a strong story but then you have the the problem at the very denouement of the game you've got the if you talk to the one person it says this will set in motion the end of the game you know like it does the warnings and like mm. there's no going back and you know the scene before you get to this is like shit's happening like time is running incredibly short you've got to get this done you know that how games do that like yeah, yeah. the story just takes over 2000 hours in yeah. between that part and you, the next you are part. in a room like you 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 kind of go through the cutscene that sets that up you're in a room right and there's mm. across the side, other side of the room is the person that kind of triggers the denouement and next to him is another guy who says hey so we got a new king so <laughs> What we need is is there's this bow, right? And the person mm. who's getting this magical bow, he's, he's disappeared. So you've got to go and get the bow because we could, otherwise we can't celebrate the new king. It's like... Read the room. you not? <laughs> but then so I thought, well, you know, like, uh, I'm sure that you can come back to this room kind of once the new one is done. Then apparently when, like, actually it does the, the, the thing where... You can go back into the game after you've finished it mm. and it rewinds time. So actually... The guy is permanently in, hey, sorry about the end of the world, everybody, but let's go and find the magical bow so we can have a party. Yeah. <laughs> I like that guy. Seamless. <laughs> I think something that I would really love, uh, when you mentioned the temples um, and how they had their own flavour, but, you know, I, I guess within a limited tool set of flavour. Well, weirdly, there is a, there is a, there's a massive great... Uh, uh, Say six, seventeen, seventeen, six, fifteen, ah, oh, sixteenth century ship. Mm. They they love doing that in these these games, don't they? I think it's I'm sure you've got loads of them as well. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I, I interrupted. You boats. I love your boats. historically you accurate boats. boats. I love historically <laughs> accurate boats. Anyway, um, I was thinking something that I would love is presumably when this stuff was you know, designed in the fiction, it would have maybe had different architects or different people would be responsible for different, you know, puzzles or something. And so that would have... I, I, I'd i be really interested if they had um, assigned different teams who didn't speak to each other to different temples huh. to... They do feel super distinct. Do they're they? all very different. Okay. Um, like partly because of the mechanic that they're based on, but also... They've all got really different flavours. Like oh. some of them are on the top of a mountain, some of them are outside, some of them are inside. That is more interesting to me, but I think I just still don't they want are to the sit best. through the story. They are the best bit. Yeah, the story yeah. is... Yeah, I, I just... Oh. I'm just not patient. Yeah. <laughs> Go I on just, your phone. I've got other Go things to phone. do. And to be honest, if I want to hear an Australian lady doing an English accent, I'll watch the originals, because that's great. It's got one set of vampires who come from England, except one is Australian. And then it's got um another set of vampires who sort of don't like the other set of vampires. And then there's the witches... And then there are the werewolves who've sort of been outcast from New Orleans because they're all fighting over New Orleans. 
means for reasons. And um, there's also the humans who are sort of milling around at this point and they're in this weird, uneasy tension. Um, but also one of the vampires is half werewolf or part werewolf. And Australian he well. has got... N- no, and he has got a half werewolf pregnant so half werewolf half witch pregnant and so she is about to have a werewolf witch vampire baby of a witch like that film (laughs) (laughs) and so that is um that's a thing that's happening and then there's there's fighting and intrigue and drama and one of the the one of the og vampires keeps like sticking magical daggers in his brothers and sisters so that they go to sleep for like 300 years so that's certainly a thing that's happened is that a good thing to go to sleep for 300 years sounds i'd I'd go for it right now i would definitely go for that (laughs) he's not a great brother i'll admit (laughs) um i'm on season two so i mean it's fine (laughs) it's something to have on in the background Uh, and you won't play tomb raider because of the story. Well, so with this, <laughs> so with this, I'm essentially getting approx nine times the amount of story because Tomb Raider takes forever to get to the point in my experience. Oh, you can skip it all. <laughs> but I'm also, the interaction that I'm doing is I'm working on my painting. So, like, I feel like I'm actually producing something yeah. and getting a story. Yeah, that's true. Whereas, like, I'm not, like, I, I suppose I could print out my screenshots of Tomb Raider, but I'm not sure to what end. <laughs> you like the screenshots? <laughs> Shall we do some very quick questions? Yes. Quick fire. We're a little bit short on time this week once again, so we won't be doing some, we, we got some really good, um, chunky questions that we'd need to dig into and would inevitably incur half hour answers. Uh, we don't have time for those. So if you sent us a question, we genuinely, I'm going to make a, a, a backlog from, from this week's haul mm. so that we can get to it properly when we have a little bit more time. So apologies. Uh, but your uh, inquiries have not gone to waste because there's some big ones I'd like to dig into mm-hmm. another time. Here is stuff we can talk about right now. Uh, Drew writes, Hey, has any, I'm going to start this again. Hey, Drew writes, has anyone, and let's be real, it's Chris or Tom Senior, played Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champions? It's a CCG with a free-to-play app version where you can scan your cards in, and it's great. What are everyone's opinions on card games in general? Hearthstone, Magic, Gwent, etc. Love the pod, Drew. I've uh, played it. Warhammer Champions? Yeah. That You're doing Pips lying first. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're doing Pips lying loud. <laughs> but there was a moment where your face lit up. Oh, oh no, because I immediately knew she was lying. <laughs> like, that's my superpower. Um, so, uh, surprising nobody, I have played this quite a lot. Mm. Um, physical version and um, app version. I think it's all right. I thought it was great when I first started playing it, but I, I think um, I've got some, like, it's interesting, and I, I could dig into to why Champions particularly is an interesting design. It's very kind of um, timing-based. Uh, but... Um, so let's think generally. I love card games, which is probably the top line thing here. More and more, actually, as time goes on, um, it kind of refines into a kind of like, I just like this really, I think, ultimately when it comes to games, seriously at least. Um, but, uh, Champions, I think, has a problem of, of not feeling especially interactive in, in the way that a really good CCG does, because it's a lot about setting up 
combos between your heroes and, and minions that you're playing. Oh, so you can't really respond. You can. You can, but it feels subdued compared to equivalent systems in other games. Um, so I can't, like, I, I, I've been coy about this, but I, I went to Seattle a couple of weeks ago and I went to Valve to see and talk to them about Artifact. And, uh, I'm basically keeping a lid on how I feel about that, um, because I'm doing some stuff for PC Gamer on it and I don't want to just, uh, you know, spaff all my hot takes all over this podcast and, and devalue a wonderful magazine. Um, <laughs> however, I will say that Artifact is going to consume my entire life and soul when it comes out. And um, I think it's pretty spectacular. And, and actually, that's one of the reasons that I've moved away from things that I was playing the Champions um, since then, because it's extremely fucking good and kind of makes other other. Like, there's no accident that Artifact is by Richard Garfield and, and people like Scaff Elias who made magic the gathering and it's kind of what happens when those people are given the resources to make a sequel to magic the gathering which is extremely exciting because magic is obviously so formative to that entire genre mm -hmm. um <laughs> richard garfield doesn't make mondays <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many times i made myself laugh by quoting him as simply garfield <laughs> so like we're trying to push the boundaries of the card game says garfield every time i would laugh um was he eating a lasagna <laughs> no he wasn't he's a a, 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 a lovely middle-aged very intelligent human man he also hates mondays um, <laughs> um yeah uh i've very much gone off hearthstone and i haven't played gwent that's my kind of set so far i don't like him no um, but I don't like them. I think it's a lot because I don't like the way that I have to interact with the information they contain mm. because it's essentially on these flat pieces of cards. Well, no, but it's it on the computer that you can't hold them, right? Right. Like yeah. I, 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 one of the things that I that helps with cards for me is they're physical and you can hold them and you can get to grips with them whereas these digital things they just feel like they don't anchor the information because i can't hold them right there's no interesting the whole thing doesn't exist in some way for uh, i think if if they somehow represented something three-dimensional that i could walk around even if it was only in game right mm then I would interact with it better, you know? Yeah. Um, that's why I'm fairly sure I won't, even though I know and like Dota, I probably won't get on with Artifact. Mm. And it won't be because that game does anything wrong. It will be because it's not a form of information that I enjoy interacting with. Yeah. Because um, things like Hearthstone, it's like I'm, it's not that I'm not capable of thinking in the right way it's that i don't enjoy the the interface i think there mm. is something about a yeah. card game a ccg particularly interface that does not do it for me mm. yeah. it's all system all the time all mechanics all the time even well it's kind of like you know it's a it's a physical game kind of awkwardly put onto a screen it's like mm. it's quite an odd thing to do really when if you think about it it just feels like there's nothing real there mm. at all. Like the whole thing just feels. Well, Hearthstone so... works really hard to try to make you feel that there is something physical there, doesn't it? I guess, but it's basically like 
they've also they've made a CCG, but they've also made digital screwball scramble or something. You know, you just prod at things for a while and then yeah. make noises. I don't know. Yeah. How about you, not... Alex? Sorry, go on. <laughs> oh, sorry. No. Uh, I do, I do, uh, I don't really, but I, I'm lazy is my problem. And I find, I like the initial, um, kind of rush that you get when you realize what a card game or, you know, any of the CTGs, they're kind of central function, like the central mechanics. Yeah. I love that rush. And then it's that point where you kind of go, and now I've got to look at all the cards mm. and work out the yeah. synergies and like, oh, then there's the meta and, Blood. and that just feels insurmountable for me. I just don't have the time or the patience to, to go through all that. I kind of wish I did. And there was a, there were a couple of times where I, okay, I'm going to re-download Hearthstone. I'm going to get into it. And then, you know, I just haven't because I just, just, I just get hit again. I think it's, it's been recent years for me that I used to like, I think when I, I reviewed Hearthstone for PC Gamer and I think, um, not that I would necessarily give it a different score now, cause I think I scored it right, but I, I maybe would have approached it slightly differently because at the time I was definitely like that. Like I like, I could get and understand the mechanics, but I wouldn't necessarily have the will or enjoy pushing past that towards really kind of trying to master something. And something has changed in my kind of makeup and now I look forward to that. Yeah. And so there's something about, you went freelance. <laughs> <laughs> Partly. But also, like, I started playing tabletop strategy games again, and I got really into, like, basically just mechanics. Like, just, like, the thing I love about a card game is it really is just about resolving your understanding of how how a game functions. And, yeah. Like, you know, I, I played poker at uni, but I was never much of, like, not particularly good at card counting and that kind of thing. And I just, somehow that's just, like, I think, I don't know, I think skills develop at different points in your life, but, like, that kind of technical kind of, ability is something i didn't develop till i was a little bit older and I probably really enjoy bridge at this point yeah yeah exactly well you know apart from the fact that i'll be playing dota with kids in the park screaming at them well, it'll be artifact now uh but like but you know what i mean that sort of like actually looking forward to that thing like getting through the kind of oh i kind of understand how this game works now show me every card show me every card and let me kind of try and figure yeah. it out i i, I, really I kind like. of do i like the idea of doing that well, i mean as in the, the the fundamental concept but i just Oh God. And then I start getting the cards out because I've been playing Shadespire and there is a, there is a, yeah, you know, yeah. and you have to get the deck of cards out. And like, and I start thinking, Oh, this is really good. And then I'm sort of selecting a deck and it's, Oh, I'm really bored of doing this now. And stuff. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, next question comes from Ben who writes, it's night and I can see the moon. What is the best moon in games? <laughs> Your suggestions, please. I like the the crescent moon in Dark Souls three when you go to the nighttime. It's really hidden. Because there's eyes, lots of eyes in it. I mm. think and a Y maybe. Um, it's mm. very nice, twinkly crescent, like overemphasized crescent moon. It's very nice. I'm trying to think of a good moon. Majora's Mask moon. Well, no, because that's an evil moon. But that's, I mean, it's not or good. Rather it's, 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 a, like, it's an effective moon. It's not a PC game, moon. but it is definitely a very effective moon. Mm. It's a moon you can't ignore. <laughs> I mean, quite literally, yes. That's the, if you do, then <laughs> game over, my friend. Indeed, yeah. Um, There's Destiny's moon and the wizard that went to it. And came from it. Oh, that's true. Came actually. from it. Um, I'd like to also submit Wolfenstein, the New Order's moon. Um, 
Sorry. Sorry, that was oh, Rick's yeah. phone. Um, at which BJ Baskovitz says, fuck you, moon. Um, <laughs> before going to the moon. Um, and the killing Nazis therein. It's a very good, uh, a very beautiful moon as well. <laughs> beautiful, harsh, the beautiful, harsh lighting of the moon. I'm trying to think. Oh. I think there have been a few games where they've done a desolate moon, which has been quite interesting. And, and mm. I, I think there was a VR project a little while ago that had a, um, a moon that was essentially just dust and, and isolation, which I quite, I, I'm a big you fan enveloped of. enveloped yourself in. Well, you know how I feel about the, the void dust. and contemplating the <laughs> void. Um, so <laughs> it's fine. Um, so I, I quite like things like that really. Mm. Um, and I, I tend not to think about the moon in isolation. It's more that it, if, if something does good nightscapes, I'll stand around taking loads of photos or, or well, screenshots or that kind of stuff. Um, cause Proteus, like the moon on its own, it's, I, it, you know, you wouldn't take that moon and show it to someone and, you know, give it to them as a precious gift. But in the context of the game, it's part of a lovely sense of time passing. Night. Similar note, there's a lovely atmospheric glowery moon at the end of Dear Esther. Mm. Good moon. Yeah. Mm. There's also... Is it a gibbous moon? I think it might be. Um, there's... Um, I was think What was the game I was just thinking of? I like the bit where you go to the moon in Mass Effect 1 and you see Earth mm-hmm. from the moon. And that's kind of the closest you get to Earth in the Mass Effect series until Mass Effect 3. And that was, I thought, that was quite an evocative because it suddenly grounds this sci-fi universe in a pretty realistic depiction of the moon. Yeah. Often the fact that there's a bad AI on it. That, other than that, it's a relatively realistic depiction of the moon. <laughs> bad AI. In the little moon base. There's a bad AI. It allows you to unlock your subclass or something. Why do I remember everything about that game? <laughs> I do, I do like the idea of games that take you to somewhere familiar and, but, and yet kind of alien and the moon is a good place for that. Like, yeah. yeah. The idea of going to that place that, like, was it, what's that photograph? Moonrise or sun? No, Earthrise. That's mm. what it is, isn't yeah, it? it's a, yeah, famous thing. Like, um, I think, um, I think Kerbal Space Program also deserves some credit for both simulating, like, that's looking at the moon. That's not a moon, that's a mun. <laughs> it is a mun, mun, but it's a good mun. Um, and you can look at it from, from the surface of the ground and be like, there's the mun. And then you, you have that feeling of like, I've been there. Mm. Which is, um, and it took lots to get there and it felt very far away, which a lot of video game muns don't. And that, um, makes you feel what it might be like to be an astronaut and look up at the sky every day for the rest of your life and go, I've been there, you know? I think that's part of why I really like that stuff, but in that different feeling of just, I, I love the idea of just being so alone and seeing Earth from so far away. Yeah, and exactly. that's why I really like that. I had an interview with a, an, one of the astronauts who was, I think he was on one of the moon missions and mm. he was... His perspective on it was like nothing I'd have expected. His it was cons- shit. <laughs> but yeah, he said it, it was awful. The whole thing, it was just going to space. All he wanted was to be back at home with his family. So why were you there? I don't know why he was there. Like, I think. I was doing a face for the podcast. Like, yeah. Oh, sure, yeah, okay. I mean, I imagine it's extremely difficult, but. but space you- is awful, he said. But why you- were you there? <laughs> Why did you go? I hate it. Yeah, I met an astronaut. In what way was it surprising? He was like, like a, a lot more upbeat about it all. He'd done like an experiment where he was pollinating peas in space. It was great. 
I think well, this was back in the 60s. So basically it was super high risk or mm. 70s. You know, this was, you know, you went up and you were kind of in a tin can and there was no sort of, yeah. you know, if, if things went wrong, there was no backup. Can you imagine what that one guy's opinion has done to the moon's Yelp rating? <laughs> like, because I guarantee fucking see you, <laughs> everyone else has given it five stars because it took so much to get there. But I was like, oh shit. <laughs> terrible phone reception <laughs> nothing to do couldn't even breathe dust and isolation took ages <laughs> and then one five out of five pit walk <laughs> <laughs> would be lonely again flag wouldn't even go all wavy no flapping at all very bad golf yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> No one there. <laughs> Lots of sound traps. Good. Uh, next question. Actually, uh, yeah, the wizard came from the moon. Yeah, we, 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 I think we covered that off in the first initial rush of video game moons. Yeah, but I wanted to really, like, I, I liked the moon on Destiny. Yeah, it's good. Like it's it. good. Anyway. It's full of, um, big old. And it had a place pit. called Hellmouth. Yeah, indeed. Hellmouth Moonden. <laughs> um, it did, yeah. It had a big old hellmouth full of worms. Um, but the next question comes from Tom. <gasps> Maybe that's what the thing, because vampires come from hellmouths, don't they? So Do big they? vampire whoa, 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 whoa. worms would be this Colin the Caterpillar. What? That is true. Yeah. That Colin the Caterpillar came from the moon. Yeah. Like, because in. Was Buffy, he fruity or chocolatey, though? That's my question. But the, He's. Fizzy fruity. Well, he's the chocolate cake, Alex. Understand this. Oh, I get it. Oh you God. see him as the chocolate cake. Okay, he is which a came first? Cake. The chocolate cake, the or the, or, <laughs> or the, the moon. or the, the little packets, or no, that's Percy. I think pigs. he might turn up. I was thinking of Percy pigs all this time. Oh, oh my mad man! God. The clue was because they look like pigs, and they're called <laughs> Percy pigs. <laughs> Colin the caterpillar is a big long caterpillar <laughs> cake. <laughs> It's oh cake. well, it's a at least cake. we resolved this. Thank God we also, resolved something. Why are you saying that hellmouths aren't for vampires? Have well, you not watched Buffy? No. Right. Well, then there's it's also problem. called the Hellmouth in Buffy. That's that's what Pip's going with. Okay, the Hellmouth is that's the good. thing. I thought that they was the just town making a sweeping comment that vampires are like yeah. pouring forth from, oh, okay. or the energy of which is meaning vampires. I don't know. <laughs> look, look. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine now. I understand. Tom. I don't think you do, but carry on. Tom writes. <laughs> I always thought I didn't like racing games, but recently I've been really enjoying Forza Horizon 4. What is a game that has changed your mind on a genre? That was quite the pause. I thought you were asking, what is a game? <laughs> what is a game that Sensible has changed your mind Sensible soccer. on a genre? Sensible soccer. Yeah. Well, I suppose it That's didn't really sorry. change my mind. It was just Form, a really good yeah. one. And I, every, I didn't no, go back every to Every other it. football game changed your mind. Because Sensible yeah. Soccer made you think, I like this. <laughs> and then FIFA made you go, oh, <laughs> I don't. That's the, that's the accurate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly the same for me. Um, it's a good answer, though. <laughs> uh, Forza Horizon 4 is good, though. But, yeah. but I already liked racing games. Mm. I, I like like I, I I like enough racing games to know that I like some racing games. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Um, Shit! So I can't say that it, anything is. Uh, yeah. Hmm. What didn't I like until I liked it? I, I, and there's obvious, obvious, obvious answers like Mobus and Dota, but I don't want to get into quite down that well. But like down that well. 
where all the lost rings are from Alex's nonsense. I un- completely understood what Alex meant. I think sometimes you have to be more charitable to Alex when he's. I not- don't yeah, think pit. I ever have to be yeah, more pit. charitable to Alex. Um, <laughs> I think you're always setting me up for like Chris to be mean to. <laughs> Oh. oh, look, I didn't even do anything. I was just saying. Kids, here, kids, 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 don't fight. Let's think about video games that made us like something. Uh, or someone else. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I think Space Chem made me like very difficult puzzle games. Oh, yeah. Mm. Actually, gosh. So I, I was, I'm pretty sure I like puzzle. Well, I do like puzzle games now, but mm. I'm pretty sure I always did. But then I look back. <laughs> oh my God, this story. Wait. <laughs> Wait, oh, it's a good story, Alex. Then I look back at a review I wrote of Soccer Bond, and I started the review with saying, I don't like puzzle games. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I, I happened to come across it the other day, and I thought, hang on a minute, did Do I, I wrote this? What's... Did you lie, though? Was it just you needed it an intro? It might be that I need a dramatic intro. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this, but I don't. <laughs> That's an art. I think I might have been just a twat, yeah. But anyway, soccer bond. Just let's let's just say the soccer bond changed my life, or, uh, changed my mind on um, puzzle games. Yeah. But to such an extent that you've now completely forgotten a world where where you didn't yeah. like puzzle games, weird. which apparently existed. It's very odd. It's like there's a sort of alien me back in the past. Mm. Stupid, stupid Alex. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm not. I don't have an answer for this particularly, but I really love listening to other people saying why they like stuff that I haven't got on with because it's really nice being able to almost borrow how they see it for a little while. It doesn't last me into the game particularly it's not so it's not something where it doesn't I inspire hear what, you to actually pick it up yeah like hearing what they enjoy about it doesn't then transfer that appreciation to something i can tap into when i play it myself as evidenced by an ill-advised purchase of crusader kings 2 while listening to adam talk about it one too many times <laughs> at rps um and looking at it and going Oh, this was an error. (laughs) (laughs) I think, despite having owned it for a very long time, I'm still technically within the two-hour refund window because it was just so much. Ah! So, um, yeah. But it's, yeah, I've been, I've been bitten by this before. Mm. (laughs) This enthusiasm people have for things they like. The next question comes from, uh, well, several questions come from, uh, Tiny Skittish Dino, who, uh, uh will, will send us several questions and we're going to run through them. Uh, best games with bugs, especially ones you don't have to kill. So, uh, I think bugs in this case indicates, uh, insects type creatures rather than errors. Mm. Uh, I like the ones in Diablo 3. Do you have to kill but, them? Uh, you don't have to, but you can step on them. Uh, make a little squishy sound. That's unfortunate. Mm. I There's a game that I haven't really mentioned, and it's because I am still not sure if I can play it or not. It's a project called Drunk on Nectar, and hmm. it is, it's got lots of insects in it. You essentially play as different insects, but 
the camera makes me feel really nauseous after a while. So every time I've tried it, I've not got on with it and have stopped before I truly got to grips with it. But it's things like I started playing as a jumping spider and you start off in a little cocoon with your um, parents' spider and your siblings and you're competing for little um, nuggets of, of pollen and stuff as as nurturing and picking little play fights with your companions and then when you get big enough you um you, you jump out of the nest and drift on the on the wind and you, you you're supposed to land a certain distance away from the the place you started and I think there's more to do after that but um at that point I landed on the grass and the camera was so odd that I didn't hmm. know. Is it 3D? Where I, yeah. And so hmm. it, and especially at the beginning when I was in this cocoon, it was just flipping around all over the place when I was trying to, to move around. But the, the actual idea of it and the ambition and the, the scope of it is I, I find interesting. So I do check back in on it hmm. every now and again. And I'm hoping like every time I, I boot it up, I'm try, I'm hoping that. I guess on a bit better with it. I think it might just be one person at the moment. Mm. And so occasionally I get little press release emails that say things like parasitic wasps now in game, which is possibly pip ebooks at this point. But, um, yeah, so it, that's an interesting project that people might want to, to have a little look at. It's called drunk on nectar. I'm going to say monster hunter world. Cause it lets me fire a, uh, indestructible moth up a dragon's ass. Oh, also- Alex, <laughs> can't I can't I can't live up to that. Fine. The, the <laughs> butterflies in Firewatch are very nice. Mm, yeah, it's a good mm. good suggestion. Uh, next, uh, do you all have any activities you found easier by making them a bit of a game, or anything which you found really worsened by gamification? Maybe even including actual games. I like to, when I'm going up the hill near our house, and I really hate that part of the walk because it's so dull and so annoying and there's nothing to look at and you're so close to home, but there's still a hill. Um, I estimate how many steps it will take to get to the That's front good. door and I try and see how close I am to how it. How close you get? Um, usually I'm within about 10 or 20 with my guesses. Um, I will say that sometimes on a day when I just need a win, I will like lengthen stride, shorten stride, walk in a circle, you know, that kind of thing. If I've, if I've grossly under or overestimated. I do, um, going back to the racing cars, uh, racing cars thing is, I sometimes do racing lines mm. as you're going on the pavement. You're kind of going along mm. the pavement and you're kind of like, <laughs> you got a curve, come around there and it goes around there and I do a racing line. That's really? pretty good. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Uh, I would say that, I would say that in a, in a truth, in a truthful way, um, sort of the gamification of exercise and fitness and, and, and Fitbits and pedometer stuff being more prevalent has genuinely helped me. Uh, I don't still use that stuff every day, but using it for a while helped me understand kind of like how much exercise or how much walking in a day is kind of the right amount for me and that kind of thing. And I found that genuinely helpful and gamifying it for the extent that I did. I hated it. 
Um, because you listened to your Fitbit over me and I was really angry about it. Your <laughs> Fitbit would tell you to do something and you'd do it. And then I'd make a suggestion. You'd be like, eh. <laughs> That's the thing. The, the robot oh. told me I was good. You were telling me I was wrong. I listened to the robot. <laughs> oh, the robot gives you medals that don't mean anything. I walked one New Zealand, thanks. Um, All you need to do is get some plastic medals and just give them to him at random times. I've tried to give you a loyalty card and it hasn't worked. Exactly. Um, because I learned after having spent my time with the Fitbit that I didn't need gamification anymore. Um, uh, I still run a loyalty card scheme if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> I tend not to sign up for things at the point of sale. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I used to, uh, when I worked at AOL, I had lots of spare business cards for some reason. I don't, I think they changed, I think I had a new job description or something. Anyway, it didn't matter. I had like a hundred spare business cards that I couldn't really use. So I was trying to offer them to my colleagues as a loyalty card scheme because they're about the same size. And if they would make me a cup of tea, I would give them a little tally on the on the um, loyalty card. And if they got to 10, they could have a hug. (laughs) (laughs) No one (laughs) took me up on it. Not even one. Actually, no. One colleague did. One colleague did. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Got to three. But then I took away some loyalty points because we had that kind of relationship. It was... Look, there was banter. This was not an abuse of power. We were on the same. Sounds like, quite abusive. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah. We were on the same uh, level. We did the same God. job. Um, next. <laughs> I did push her off an exercise ball once. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Best animal you saw this week it doesn't specify whether it has to be in a game or not. Dog. 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 What, there was a nice, dog? nice, uh, young, a very young uh, black labrador that is a friend. Oh. Of I saw, uh, I saw a very young puppy out for a first walk the other day, and that's always the best thing. It's always the best thing. Yeah. Someone on Twitter sent me a, a, a video of a baby octopus crawling across someone's hand, and it was the best thing. I was so excited. Mm. But then but then previously also on Twitter, uh, Johnny Chiodini, friend of me, if not the show, um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> He's lovely. Yeah, he is. I, but I didn't want to speak to everyone because I didn't know if everyone knew him. Anyway. I, we all know him. Fine. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Official. Friend of the show. Yeah, there he is. Congratulations, yeah. Johnny. Johnny, friend of the show. Whether you like it or not. Sent me a link to someone else's tweet, which was uh, of a little blue tit singing in the in cold weather. So the the breath was oh, coming out as I little puffs. And yeah. that, that I've seen a few variations on that over the years. And I love them so much. And it is my dream to see a bird that is doing that, where you can essentially see what looks like its song, you know, being made it's real. vital breath. It's so good. So those are the two best uh, animals I have seen in the last maybe two days. Oh, but there are so many. Final question before we allow Alex to go home. He's melting. He needs is, to get back in the freezer. I'm very tired. Is from Josh, who writes, Dear CNC, if you had to make a drink themed around your favourite game of this week or of all time, what would it contain? For the sake of sanity, let's say this week. Okay. Uh, thanks, Josh. Forza Horizon 4. What's your favourite game of this week? You shouldn't Force drink Horizon and drive. 4 yeah. this week. Yeah. So that would... What would Jeremy Clarkson drink? 
Well, you'd have is to that... drink a soft drink so uh. you don't crash into dry stone walling. Yeah. <laughs> well, what what would Jeremy Clarkson drink? Is that is that your criteria here, yes. Alex? Is that is that the person this game turns you into? Uh, no, not not really. Actually, it's a bit more wholesome than that. It's a lot more wholesome than that. It's quite annoying though with all the with the dialogue and stuff in it. But the big old Capri Sun. Yeah. What do racing drivers drink? Do they have like those fancy? Probably not a lot because they don't want to go for a wee, right? Yeah, they don't want to go for a wee. But you need you need your concentration to be up. So presumably you might want Red Bull. Yeah, just Red Bull all the way. Or... No, what's that? What's that monster? Monster. Big old cannon. Relentless. Relentless. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the one with the sort of tribal tattoo stuff going on in the logo? I don't... So Relentless looks nasty, like a metal band font. It's like it does, very yeah. gothic. Okay. Kind yeah, of. but it's also... There's a bit of Relentless... No, I think Relentless has a pretty substantial tribal tat kind of vibe. So my father, a retired uh. man, <laughs> loves Relentless. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. What, what are you doing oh. with it? Like, what What do you need this Where massive hit from? of energy from? Uh, Tesco's or whatever. Huh. Like... Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. It, that that's but, but always been What a would Obradin be if it was a if it was a drink? Uh I I assume because sailors maybe there would be a rum element mm. or grog. Well, if or, you drink enough rum, you know. people's faces become very blurry, which would be as a reverse Hot Obradin. Chocolate. That's very true. Hot chocolate. Is that what they have on ships? Yes. <laughs> Obradin. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I was thinking of team, but yeah, that you went all the way. Um, uh, I, so, you know, I haven't spoken much about what I've been playing, but, um, I have put a load more time into Assassin's Creed, which I think is one of those like freestyle Coke machines with the, the interface that doesn't. So, and for this reason, freestyle Coke machine with the touchscreen interface. Oh God. Because the interface is slightly too slow to respond, but oh. you do keep compelled to going back to it. You have too much, but it's nice. And then you get very tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's and my... there was me thinking you'd say Uzo. That's too obvious. Yeah. Um, so... it's not, it's not a hard hitting game. It's a, it's a compliant, generous game in the manner of the freestyle Coke machine. Maybe a bottomless Coke then. But that is what that is. But no, cause you can get other things. You can get strawberry lemonade. Well, yeah. You can do that at the Freestyle Coke machine. It has every kind of Coke. It's a this, miracle. The metaphor just works and all the way down. It does. Let's let Alex leave. And we do that. <laughs> no. By embarking upon the outro, which goes as follows. That's all the questions we have time for. Uh, we have a bunch of questions in reserve, but if you'd like to send us a question for a future episode, you can do so by emailing us at questions at com or tweeting us at crowbar. You can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Crate and Crowbar. And thank you, as ever, to our Patreon backers who make all of this possible. You can find out more about supporting the podcast at patreon.com forward slash Crate and Crowbar. If you... <laughs> Pip... Pip yawned so theatrically she hurt her face. No, I was seeing how far I could open my mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then my jaw clicked. So that far, a brox. Maybe if, five millimetres less than that would have been the the trick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so you do carry on. Uh, I think I'm done. You it, said YouTube, Twitter. Yeah. Patreon done. Yeah. Yeah. Check, check, check. check. Alex, where do people find you on internet? I'm on internet at twitter.com. 
slash <laughs> rotational r-o-t-a-t-i-o-n-a-l i am on twitter dot service forward slash um hello thurston <laughs> c thurston c-t-h-u-r-s-t-e-n i am tumblr.com yes i got 11 tumblers <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for listening, listening everybody. everybody. It's 12 actually. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>